Today we're going to explore our last in these categories of psalms that we've been looking at. Um, I looked at all of them except the wisdom psalms, and I, I don't have a whole lot to set this up with, just a, a brief explanation of what these wisdom psalms are, and then we'll take a look at a few of them together and just kind of reflect and discuss the kind of wisdom that these, these psalms share with us and what kind of insights that we gain into living for God. Wisdom psalms are basically songs that teach. They offer guidance and warnings to encourage us to live according to God's desires. And as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about other songs that we know that are songs that teach. Um, can you think of any? Like last, a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned a vacation Bible school song that we have that, that teaches us the, the fruits of the Spirit. Um, what other songs that te- are like popular songs that teach us things? Yeah. Things that we sing to remind us of things or to teach us things. That's the one that came to my mind, the alphabet song. Yeah. That's probably the most common one, right? And there's lots of different, um, if you've studied different languages, there's usually a song in that language to teach you the alphabet for that language as well. We, we just have learned that singing songs helps us learn these things. And so these wisdom psalms are kind of like that. They're songs to help either remind us or teach us about the wisdom of God and how to live for him. And one of the, the classic examples of a wisdom psalm, let me put up my list here of all the ones that we, we might be looking at today, is that the last one on the list there, Psalm 119. Yeah, Psalm 119 is the longest psalm in, in the Bible. Um, there is, if you look at it, go ahead and open to Psalm 119 if you can. You'll see these divisions. There's a heading over the first section that says Aleph, and the section, section, second section is Beth and Gimel. These are all the letters of the Hebrew alphabet, and there's a stanza for each letter of the Hebrew alphabet throughout the psalm. And so it was written in that, in that way. And let me just read the first part of this, um, because the whole psalm kind of has the same theme. It, it touches on different highlights, but it has the same theme. Um, begins, blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong, but walk in his ways. You have commanded your precepts to keep diligently. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping, steadfast in keeping your statutes. Then I shall not be put to shame. Having my eyes fixed on all your commandments, I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies I delight as much in all, as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. And the whole psalm continues on in the same general theme of God's word, the goodness of God's word, the value of following God's word, keeping God's word in our hearts, 
It's it's a song about the, the value of knowing and following God's word. And so other wisdom psalms provide wisdom like that for us to reflect on, to remember as we go through them. So I'd like to take a look at Psalm 1 as another example for us to look at and to reflect on together. All right. Psalm 1. It says, Blessed is the man whose walk, who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by the streams of water that yields its fruit and season, and its leaf does not wither. In all he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteousness. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. So as we look at that, I just want to open up a little bit of discussion about the kind of wisdom do you see being shared in this psalm? What are some of the insights that we can learn as we read through the psalm? I'm going to go ahead and get this mic ready for anyone who wants to share. But what stands out to you as, as something good to remember? There you go. I just remember when Colin was young, he was fascinated by this song. Yeah. And he would read it over and over, and he'd say, okay, I'm going to read Psalms. He goes, but I keep coming back to chapter one, and every time I want to read Psalms. But, and it's a wonderful song for a young heart to latch on to. Yeah, it's a good foundation. I think this is a good beginning to the whole book of Psalms, a good foundation of walking in the counsel of the Lord, not in the way of sinners. And that image of being a tree planted by streams of water, it's a valuable image for us to keep in mind of what it means to live by the law of the Lord. Right? It's not just a bunch of rules for us to follow. Yeah, Lynn. What strikes me is it matters who you're hanging around, who you're spending your time with, who, who's influencing you. That's a very good insight. Yeah. We reflect. Yeah. And the first verse has a progression from walking. And so you're walking in the counsel of the wicked. And then you stop and you stand in the way of sinners, and pretty soon you're sitting in the seat of scoffers. It's like it's a progression. Hmm. Be careful where your heart is, or you might end up sitting with the scoffers. Yeah, I like that. Anything else? 
the definition of wicked? That's a, that's a good question. And just off the top of my head, I would say is somebody who opposes the will of God. Right? The wicked person is the one who would oppose God, uh, promote sin. Somebody who's going to try to lead people away from God. So if somebody whose heart is set on their own will and way is going to lead people away from the Lord. Looking to see if I have any other insights in my notes here. No? And I really am struck by verse 2 before I move on. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and on it he meditates day and night. It really is important for us to keep coming back to God's word, letting it just fill our lives, remind us day in, day out, and to take delight in it. Um, so often in my life, people have talked about God's word just being, or God's law being just a bunch of rules that try to control the way we live. And Psalms like this and other areas of the Bible remind us, no, God's law is set in place to benefit us. It's good for us to live according to God's will and God's ways. So let's take a look at, I'm going to jump to Psalm 128 now, because that's a little bit of a shorter one as well. Then we'll come back to some of these earlier ones. Psalm 128 says, Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. You shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed, and it will be well with you. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you see your children's children. Peace be on Israel. And so again, let's look at this one and ask yourselves, what kind of wisdom is this psalm imparting to us? What is it trying to tell us about God's ways? What do you see in there? The main theme here is that your life will be blessed by following God's ways. You will experience the goodness of God. Right? And there's a couple other psalms we're going to look at today that um, address what I think we sometimes look at when we when we read a psalm like this. Like there's definitely blessing that comes from following the Lord, but you can almost find yourself saying, "Well, why do I have trouble in my life? Why does it seem that the wicked get away with things?" And, there's psalms that address that as well that we'll look at, but the general truth here is that there is a blessing that comes from walking in the Lord's way. It's a good foundation for us to, to, to live by, to stand on, that good will come to us if we stay rooted in God's will and God's ways. So now let's turn back to Psalm 37. I'm going to go through these in numerical order now. This one's a little bit, uh, a little bit longer. 
now. Why don't I go ahead and read? I'll read about it halfway through this and stop and see if we want to comment on it, and then I'll finish it off. It says, of David, fret not yourselves because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as light and your justice as the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourselves over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourselves. It tends only to evil. For the evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. In just a little while, the wicked will be no more. Though you look carefully at his place, he will not be there. But the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace. The wicked plots against, his na uh, against the righteous and gnashes his teeth at him. But the Lord laughs at the wicked, for he sees his day is coming. The wicked draw the sword and bend their bows to bring down the poor and the needy, to slay those whose way is upright. Their swords shall enter their own heart, and their bows shall be broken. Better is the little that the righteous has than the abundance of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. The Lord knows the days of the blameless, that, and their heritage will remain forever. They are not put to shame in evil times. In the days of famines, they will have abundance, but the wicked will perish. The enemies of the Lord are like the glory of the pastures. They vanish. They smoke like, they, like smoke, they vanish away. Let me just pause there and see if you want to comment on any of what we've read so far and what the theme of this psalm is. What kind of wisdom do we gain from this? Yeah, Michelle. So in verse 4, it says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Um, he doesn't, it doesn't say he will give you the things that you desire. He will give you desires. Yes. So he will put his desires in your heart. Yes. Very true. That's a good insight. Yeah. God gives us good desires when we delight ourselves in him. It changes the way we think and what we want. Thank you. That's a good insight. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you see so far? The first verse reminded me to 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 watch my attitude when I read all the news and the stuff on the internet. Yeah. Fret not yourself because of evildoers. They will fade like the grass. Trust in the Lord and do good. Mm -hmm. It's up to us to trust in the Lord. We don't have to sit and watch all those people out there. Right. Yeah, I think that's the big part of the wisdom of this psalm so far is you look out at the world, you see all these things going on, we fret over it. 
we get envious of it, and we want to react to it. And this this psalm is reminding us, trust in the Lord, just trust in the Lord. All of that other stuff that you see is not going to last. It's not going to stand up to the Lord's judgment. Trust him. Do I add something? <laughs> I I just when I read this and um it's almost like, oh, okay, God, you just stick this out to me. <laughs> because I tend to get really emotionally passionate and angry and oh my gosh and I I I am looking for justice and it's not coming and um as I read this, it's very comforting to know that, okay, just, it'll be okay because, yes, I do trust God, but it will be in his time, not mine. Yeah. So it, that comfort from reading this is just, it's just good to have that kind of pull me back from the edge. Because, you know, it talks about in this one verse about, you know, if you, if you worry or if you're, if you follow these feelings that you have, pretty soon it will lead you into evil because you, you get pulled into it all. Right. So it was, it's just, that was very, very good to like think about. Yeah, good reminders for us. Yeah. When I go ahead and read it, finish reading the rest of this, it's going to have a similar theme to it, but it's going to touch on some more specifics about why it's important to trust in the Lord. It says the wicked borrows but does not pay back, but the righteous is generous and receipt and gives. For those blessed by the Lord shall inherit the land, but those cursed by him shall be cut off. The steps of a man are established by God when he delights in his ways. Though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong, for the Lord upholds his hand. I have been young and now am old, Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. He is ever lending generously and his children become a blessing. Turn away from evil and do good. So shall you dwell forever. For the Lord loves justice. He will not forsake his saints. They are preserved forever, but the children of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell upon it forever. The mouth of the righteous utters wisdom, and his tongue speaks justice. The law of his God is on his heart, and his step does not slip. The wicked watches for the righteous and seeks to put him to death. But the Lord will not abandon him to his power, or let him be condemned when he is brought to trial. Wait for the Lord and keep his way, and he will exalt you to inherit the land, and you will look on, you will look on when the wicked are cut off. I have seen a wicked, ruthless man spreading himself like a green laurel tree, but he passed away, and behold, he was no more. Though I sought him, I could not be, he could not be found. Mark the blameless, and behold the upright, for there is a future for the man of peace, but the transgressors shall be altogether destroyed. The future of the wicked shall be cut off. The salvation of the righteous is from the Lord, for he is their stronghold in the time of trouble. The Lord helps them and delivers them and delivers them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge in him.
Anything you want to highlight in that section? There's a couple of things that stand out to me, but I'll let you guys go first. first part of that I see a lot about the value of, of, of a generous a life lived generously it says the wicked borrows but does not pay back the righteous is generous and gives and they shall inherit the land it says I've been young and old and I have not seen the righteous forsaken his children begging for bread but he is ever lending generously and his children become a blessing and so there's value in here in living a generous life that we see that this part of who God wants us to be, to generously give of ourselves to others. And the Lord blesses that in ways that we often don't see right away. As you go on, you know, it, it talks about the, the wicked person passing away and they are no more. Often the, the legacy that they leave vanishes quickly. And yet if you give of yourself to the Lord, you leave behind a harvest of goodness in this world that lasts well beyond you. It's part of the promise of living for the Lord. Any other comments on that one before we move on? This psalm, this psalm overall is a good reminder to, to keep trusting the Lord. Do not be taken in by those selfish sinful ways. So let's go on to Psalm 73 then. And this will have it. I really like the different take this, this has on living for righteousness. The reminder it gives us. So here's what this psalm says. Truly God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped. For I was envious of the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For they have no pangs until death. Their bodies are fat and sleek. They are not in trouble as others are. They are not stricken like the rest of mankind. Therefore, pride is their necklace. Violence covers them as a garden. garment. Their eyes swell out through fatness. Their hearts overflow with follies. They scoff and speak with malice. Loftily, they threaten oppression. They set their mouths against the heavens and their tongues strut through the earth. Therefore, his people turn back to them and find no fault in them. And they say, how can God know? Is there knowledge in the Most High? Behold, these are the wicked, always at ease. They increase in riches. All in vain have I kept my heart clean and washed my hands in innocence. For all day long I have been stricken and rebuked every morning. If I had said I will speak thus, I would have betrayed the generation of your children. But when I thought how to understand this, it seemed to be a wearisome task until I went into the sanctuary of God and discerned their end. Truly, you set them, set them in slippery places. You make them fall to ruin how they are destroyed in a moment, swept away utterly by terrors. Like a dream when one awakes, O Lord, when you rouse yourself, you despise them as phantoms. When my soul was embittered, when I was pricked in the heart, I was brutish and ignorant. 
I was like a beast toward you. Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. And afterward, you will receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For behold, those who are far from you shall perish. You put an end to everyone who is unfaithful to you. But for me, it is good to be near the Lord. I have made the Lord God my refuge that I may tell of all your works. What do you think of that one? It's an interesting beginning to it, doesn't it? For me, it's like, well, there's someday going to be um, a judgment or a payback, or you're going to, you know, you may have it all easy and it looks good now, but time is, is going to be a reckoning. Right. will faithfully impart the justice that they deserve. Yeah. Yeah. God will impart justice on all people, right? He will bring all people to justice. And, and it can be so easy, as the psalmist admits, that for us to stumble, to be drawn in by life seems so good for those who are just living for themselves. They have all kinds of food and all kinds of money and everything's going their way. And how come I can't have that? Right? And there's, there's a, I forget where the statement is, but it's like, have I just wasted all my time trying to live for the Lord? Have I missed the goodness of life? But when he finally comes to the sanctuary of God and sees the long-term effects, right? The judgment of God, the eternal life that he offers, the way that all this wickedness just gets washed away, it's all temporary and not lasting. Then we realize, no, it is worth living for the Lord, being steadfast and true to Him. So the wisdom, again, is not be taken in by all those temporary things that we see around us. That's not the goal of life. That's not where the goodness really is. Anything else you see in that one? Back in the early 70s, I was with whatever, the circles of Christians that I was with would sing scripture songs. Okay. I'm thinking it was all over the country, but um, verse 25 was a song that really entered my heart. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there's none upon the earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's all there is. My desire for God, and right. everything else falls away. Yeah. That's where the 
goodness comes from if we can learn to have our desire be for God and God himself. Mm-hmm. There's nothing else that we desire. God gives us new desires. He gives us the desires of our hearts, right? He gives us a new way of living and provides all that we need. And that was, I was 16, <laughs> and now I'm 66. <laughs> and it's like all those years later, it's like it's like an echo from, from my past. Mm-hmm. Whom have I in heaven but you? And it's like that desire is still there. Yeah, that's good. We'll keep building that desire for the Lord in all that we do. Him and Him alone. Absolutely. We've got two more I want to look at today. Psalm 91 will be the next one. It says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, My refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for he will deliver you from the snare of the follower, fowler, from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On your hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him in honor. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. And I think this this is, yeah, Larry, go ahead. happened to have this card here. It says a soldier's psalm. Psalm 91 is called a soldier's psalm. We're told that in World War I there was a brigade that recited Psalm 91 daily. As word got out, they were nicknamed the 91st Brigade by other soldiers. This brigade engaged in three of the bloodiest battles. Other units suffered up to 90% casualties, but the 91st Brigade did not suffer a single combat related death. Wow. There are more recent stories about soldiers using Psalm 91 that we are able, unable to share for security reasons. God is willing and able to keep his word by his covenant promise. Plead God's Psalm 91 shield daily, confidently claim his rest, refuge, safety, and covering, faithfulness, freedom, from fear, angelic watches, deliverance, and protection. Nice. Thank you. Hang on to that for now. Pass it around to me, too. There is power in God's word. There is 
power in claiming his truths, in, in staying committed to him, God does deliver his people from danger. Psalm 91 is kind of special to me. Um, there's a song that you, it's well over 30 years old, probably 40 years old or more. I remember when my mom passed away singing this one in dedication to her because there's a song, and you hear it quite frequently at funerals. I'm going to just do a little bit and bear with me. <laughs> you who dwell in the shelter of the Lord, who abide in his shadow for life, say to the Lord, my refuge, my rock in whom I trust, and he will raise you up on eagle's wings, bear you on the breath of dawn, make you to shine like the sun, and hold you in the palm of his hands. Yeah. That's just one verse. Yeah. But, yeah, so that's... <laughs> yeah, there's safety in the refuge of the Lord. It's good to remind ourselves of that wisdom. His place is our safe dwelling place. Well, there you go. Come on Wednesday and you can sing that together. All right, perfect. Let's take a look at one last psalm together. Psalm 112. And this one says, Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. His offspring will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Light dawns in the darkness for the upright. He is gracious, merciful, and righteous. It is well with a man who deals generously and lends, who conducts his affairs with justice, for the righteous will never be moved. He will be remembered forever. He is not afraid of bad news, and his heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. His heart is steady. He will not be afraid until he looks in triumph on his adversaries. He has distributed freely and has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn is exalted in honor. The wicked man sees it and is angry. He gnashes his teeth and melts away. The desire of the wicked will perish. Some of the common themes throughout these psalms. But um, Anything about this one that strikes you before we close? The importance of giving. The importance of giving, yeah. Yeah, to be generous. Anything else? I, uh, <clears throat> there are all these psalms. I think about uh, <clears throat> the movies we see about the mafia, how they operate and how they get snuffed out. Oh, sure. That, yeah. Uh, because usually because of, you know, they're the devil, 
runs them and owns them and yep. puts them away and all their money and all that stuff. Yeah. He doesn't do them any good. Um, right. So it's kind of a clear operation of how the Satan's kingdom works. There's no no love or anything like that. It's just fear and intimidation, hatred. Yeah. And really just gain, but really, you know, when you lose, they can. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good example. It does not last. Anything else? Can you say something, Ken? Yeah, it was there in the first verse that Psalm, but then it was mentioned twice, I forget when it was earlier, another Psalm, the fear of the Lord, and just not being, we're not afraid or terrified of him, we just don't want to displease him. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's important that we, we have that desire to not displease the Lord. I was struck by the last verse of this one. Oh, was somebody else? There you go. I guess I don't see fear of the Lord as displeasing me. I see it as, yeah, maybe not. But I think the other part is good. Mm -hmm. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Yeah. And to me, it's being in awe of his goodness. Mm. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. That's good. To be in awe of God's goodness. Absolutely. The last verse of this, this psalm struck me. The wicked man sees it. He sees the righteousness is angry and that's just one of the realities of the world i think that we see that people who are living in selfishness and sin they as much as we sometimes get envious of what they seem to have the temporary riches there's this kind of anger toward the righteousness of god this desire to tear it down all the time and not to be afraid of that because it won't last I've been going through a study of Genesis, and it goes all the way back to Cain and Abel, okay. where I'm trying to remember which is the righteous one, but the, the, the first two sons from Adam and Eve, one was right with God, and the other one had his heart turned away from God, and he killed him. Yep. That, that spirit has gone goes all the way back to our Genesis. Yeah, absolutely. Where the wicked are envious right. and then the violence grows. Yeah, absolutely. So that persecution and that hatred that we sometimes experience is rooted in that envy. How come the God how come God won't love me? Right. And the Psalms are to remind us where to keep our focus. Yeah. And yes, there's evil, but remember where God is. Yes. In your relationship with him. Yeah, absolutely. Because this is temporary. <laughs> and in Genesis, then we go into Abraham wanting a city whose builder and maker was God. He never saw it. Yeah. But we also are waiting for that country, that land. And we will be there with Abraham. This is temporary. Right. Yes. 
and sometimes we just need to remember. This is temporary. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That, yeah, that that there is a new. Yeah, heaven is coming. There is a new world. Amen. Yeah, it's important to have that long insight. Go ahead. So this last verse that talks about the wicked that can be vexed, they will gnash their teeth. And, um, I caught a little tidbit on the TV today, which shouldn't be. <laughs> but um, it was interesting because it was the, the conversation was that, do you know that um, most Christians uh, that are conservative, they're, they're going to vote Basically, um, it was like a basketball thing. They're going to vote for Trump. So they, it was like laying seed that now we have to be afraid of Christians because of they're going to force their agenda on us. Mm. And I thought, it's like the twisting of, you know, it's okay that that those who want to do evil things can force their agenda, but, but oh no. Allow the Christians to force. Well, the Christians would. I mean, a true Christian would not, because it's up to God. But it just, it just this verse reminds me that yes, here it is, it's right here in the world, and that eventually the longings of the wicked will come to nothing. Right. So this really warms my heart that even though you you see and hear these things that. Just, you know, got to keep remembering it's temporary, like you said, Becky. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Yes. Right. Yeah, I think that's that's one of the keys I, themes we're seeing throughout all of these all day long is is that idea that what we see in front of us is temporary, but the long, steadfast faithfulness in the Lord produces riches, and it will. It will um, reap, reap a harvest of righteousness. God will protect us. It's important that we stay true to him. So let's praise God. Thank him for the wisdom that he shares with us in these psalms and the reminders, the value of his law and staying true to him. Let's pray together and then praise him with our closing song today. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the wisdom that you give us. We thank you for your word. And the way that you teach us, we thank you that your desire is for us, that you love us and you want us to have the, the most fruitful life possible, Lord. And that comes from remaining steadfast and following you. I pray that you remind all of us here today to focus our hearts and minds on you and you alone, to hold you high, and to commit our ways to you. We ask for your blessing on this church, Lord, as we continue to seek you and to serve you with all of our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.